Welcome to episode three of the Page Two Podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Salvatore Sura, senior SEO strategist at Angie's List. We talk about how Sal got into the industry, talk about his 20 to 30 years of experience doing SEO, how he got started, uh, talk about what makes a good SEO. We dive into replatforming and duplicate content, site speed, and so much more. So get your popcorn ready for episode three. I'm your host, Jacob Stoops, and this is the Page Two Podcast. If you're looking for an SEO podcast where you get every trick in the book, this is not the podcast for you. In this podcast, we tell the personal stories of some of the industry's brightest minds. We discuss what life as an SEO is really like from an insider's perspective, swap stories about our greatest triumphs, failures, hopes, and frustrations, and we even go off script to talk about movies and pop culture. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some candid SEO conversations. Welcome to episode three of the Page Two Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Stoops. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Stoops. You can find me on LinkedIn, or you can find me on my personal website, jacobstoops.com forward slash page two podcast. And in today's episode, we got to have a conversation with Salvatore Sura, Senior SEO Strategist at Angie's List. But before we bring Sal on, again, I just want to reiterate why I'm doing this podcast. So uh, as I said in episode two, there is no shortage of SEO podcasts that are focused on providing tips, providing resources, uh, so on and so forth. And it's not that this podcast isn't going to do that. Uh, I think some of that will come out organically just through natural conversation. Uh, But I've always personally been fascinated with where SEOs come from, uh, telling the the different stories of how people get into SEO, how they get good at it, uh, what trials and tribulations we go through, uh, the effects of doing an SEO job, whether it be agency or in-house on your personal life, mental health, so much uh, can be explored there. And, uh, you know, I just find it fascinating that um, people come from so many different places uh, and yet end up in the same industry, an industry which is not really taught about in college. It's not like you can go to college uh, to become an SEO. So people, uh, many people get into it by accident, myself included. So uh, I definitely think it's something worth exploring. It's a little bit different than your normal SEO podcast. Uh, Again, I do want to provide tips and I do want to provide things that people can take away and be actionable. But I also want to explore the behind the scenes stories uh, to let other SEOs uh, know what it's really like if you're considering getting into the industry or to just let you know that, hey, you're not alone. This this has happened to other people. And quite frankly, it's normal. So without further ado, we are going to bring Sal on. And uh, the interesting thing about Sal is Sal and I had not met before. We actually met recently at a conference in Columbus, Ohio called Found Conference. Uh, And Sal and I were both speakers. Uh, I spoke on content and he spoke specifically on site speed. And Sal really stood out to me because of one, his expertise, two, his passion, and three, um, he found a way to make site speed in the technical uh, design uh, and architecturing process 
he found a way to make it a requirement that pages load three seconds or less on a mobile connection, which is something I've never seen. And quite frankly, uh, I'm quite envious because I've had uh, personally such a hard time getting uh, clients uh, to take SiteSpeed seriously. So really wanted to dive into that. And that honestly made me remember Sal and want to interview him and find out more about how he actually got that in place among other things. Sal's been in the industry uh, for 20 to 30 years so he's just a wealth of experience uh, and a lot of great stories and not only that uh, did not think that we would be talking about Speed Racer in Star Wars and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation which is one of my personal favorite Christmas movies so we definitely dove uh, head first into that so we had an awesome discussion uh yeah so here's sal part one the life what was your So we are here with Sal Sura, Senior SEO Strategist from Angie's List. Uh, Sal, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing? Appreciate good, it. Good, good, good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining me. Um, as I was kind of saying, uh, you know, before we, before we jumped on, really appreciate it. It's hard to get a podcast up off the ground and uh, especially um, getting guests who are will, willing to come on when you're not yet established and when you don't yet have uh, a lot of people listening. So definitely, um, definitely really, really appreciate that. No worries. Um, thank you for having me. I'm like talking about SEO and you know, when I get a chance to be around other people that get excited about it, it's fun sometimes to conversate. So uh, I think it's a great idea and um, welcoming the uh, conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Sal and I, we don't actually uh, know, know each other. So we've only briefly met. We both spoke in Columbus, Ohio, which is where I'm from, uh, at Found, Found Conference uh, about a month ago. And I, I reached out to Sal. He was willing to, to come on. So uh, definitely looking to, um, to get into some, some really good and introspective conversations. So Without further ado, um, just want to jump right into kind of the first sure. segment, which I called I call the the life. Uh, sticking with my my quote unquote mob mob themes, uh, a lot of people in the mob call it the life, making your bones getting made. So so my first segment uh, here in episode number three is the life. So Sal, how did you get into SEO? What's your background? Great question. Um, so for me, it, it, it started in the 90s. Um, I was working with a, um, some friends, some buddies, and we started a small little apparel company in the 90s, 95. And uh, we, you know, web was just barely coming on. My friends really didn't even know what the internet was at that time. Um, but I, I suggested, well, we should have a website. Uh, so uh, they're like, great, we don't know what that is. We don't know how to build it. Uh, I really didn't either. Uh, but I set out to learn and um, through some help and, and several months of, of uh, coding, uh, I launched a website and uh, got it launched in late 95. And, you know, we were really excited. I even had animation. I mean, I was doing animated GIFs in like 95, which was uh, pretty cool. I, you know, it was all hand coded. There was no programs or anything like that. So I learned HTML, which is really the backbone 
for, for SEO. Um, so, you know, I definitely think that was what gave me such a strong foundation was learning the code to begin with. And um, we got it launched and we were really excited, but then realized nobody was finding it. And it's this kind of realization like, well, it's out there, but how do people find the website? And so in 96, uh, I set out to start making the site discoverable. Didn't even know what SEO was. Didn't never heard of the term. And, you know, um, Yahoo was the predominant search engine at that time. And AOL, a lot of people still optimized for AOL because many people thought the AOL browser and search bar was the internet at that time. Um, I remember I had explained a bunch of times to my dad that AOL isn't the internet. Uh, there's Internet Explorer and other browsers you can use. Um, so it, it was interesting those first couple of years. Um, you were submitting, you know, your site manually to search engines. Um, a lot of it was on the keywords and meta keywords tag. Um, you know, very basic rudimentary stuff. And and then, you know, late 90s, all of a sudden Google comes around. And, um, you know, at first I kind of balked at it. Like, well, what's a simple thing? It's just a silly search bar and you know i kind of dismissed it maybe for the first year or two just like this is not but it kept picking picking up steam and kept coming along and so finally i think around 2000 maybe i started looking at google specifically like why isn't my sites ranking on google where they're ranking everybody you know they're ranking every everywhere else but not on google why what's what's going on now um and then started studying you know, the, the Google algorithm and, and started reading and learning more about how to rank for, for Google. Um, and, and that's just continued ever since. So my journey started, you know, kind of on a whim. And, and um, in uh, probably middle 2000s is when I started, I had kind of been helping consult people uh, independently, um, clients that I knew that had businesses and, and, um, some small companies, like mostly hospitality, hotels and restaurants. So I was helping them locally with their, at the time, SEO, not even realizing it. Um, they were just paying me for marketing consulting and, and it was mostly, you know, web consulting. Uh, but in uh, 2000s, I think middle 2000s is when uh, I started realizing there's actual positions for SEO and that there's, this is a real job and that, you know, there's a career behind this. Um, and yeah, uh, started working as an SEO analyst and then moved up uh, to a uh, specialist. And, and now, you know, I'm a, a strategist um, and I love SEO. It's uh, I can't imagine doing anything else at this point. So you said you taught yourself HTML and I find that that is still now SEOs come from, from every, everywhere, and it is possible, especially today, to be an SEO without knowing HTML, but I still feel like it's a very important rudimentary skill. How, how'd you do it? Um, like I said, I mean, I, at the time, there were no programs, so there was no Dreamweaver, you know, there was no design programs, tools. I basically had to code it on Notepad, um, okay. and it was lo looking up a lot of tutorials. I... I had one buddy that knew web and showed me some HTML, taught me how to FTP, uh, learned the basics of web mastering through, through a buddy uh, who's not even, a, he's actually a telecom specialist, but at the time he, he was the only person that had access to the web and, and him and myself were actually on the web in the 80s. So we used to dial up the web on the, uh, on the phone that you would you wow. take the actual phone receiver, stick it into the little box 
like in the war games with Matthew Broadwick movie. That's amazing. And so we would do that. And, and I, we would dial up servers like they did in that movie, but try and play games and stuff. And there would be web addresses you would get in the back of magazines uh, that you would type into uh, the URLs. Uh, there was no browsers at the time. It was all just basic, um, you know, locations that you had to just know the, the URL address and type it in directly. Uh, this is like 87, 88. Um, I was on, you know, Prodigy in 90, 91. Um, so, you know, I kind of watched the birth of the internet in a way. And, and my buddy really is the one, his name is Matt Gilman. Uh, he, uh, great guy and, and super smart. I think he, he works for one of the telecom giants now. Um, and, and yeah, he really showed me how to, how to get in and out of the internet. And um, so when I started coding, he, he really taught me some of the basics of HTML, but a lot of it I just picked up on my own. And then over the years, I, I taught myself PHP, uh, taught myself JavaScript, CSS. Uh, so just kept on going throughout the years. Um, and yeah, it, it's really the foundation for SEO. And I think gives you that language to be able to communicate when you're working in a Teams, such as at the enterprise level when you're, and you're talking to developers and engineers mm -hmm. and designers and, and product managers and you've really got to understand the site in a whole and, and knowing HTML and being able to accurately explain what you're talking about, um, especially when you're getting into very technical stuff, you know, things like push state and uh, URL changing and, and lazy loading and JavaScript server side, you really got to know what you're talking about in, in order to um, get the SEO right. It's now the foundation how did you how did you end up at angie's list uh great question so i was working for uh, a large publishing company they do mostly men's magazines you've probably heard of some of them motor trend yep uh low rider um hot rod a bunch of those um so i was working as a senior specialist uh for them for many years and a great colleague that uh, i worked with uh, alongside him uh, byron hardy who was speaking yep. at the uh, same conference that we met at uh, was also a senior specialist there. And um, he had moved on from Motor Trend a couple years before me. And he was out here working with Angie's List, gave me a call. One day I get a call from him. I'm in Orange County, Southern California, beautiful weather. Get a call from Byron to go to In-N-Out Burger, you know, like you do in Southern California. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I realized about 30, 40 minutes into it, like, I'm like, hey, are you trying to recruit me to come out to Indiana? I'm like, no way, man. Like, you're crazy. I'm, that's not going to fly with the family. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, after, after mulling it over for a couple months and talking to the family, uh, it started to make more sense. And i uh, been out here ever since. It's been two years, and, and we love it. And it's a great company to work for and uh, doing some really fun stuff in SEO there. Yeah, mid Midwest, Midwest values. Um, yep. Yep. So where are you originally from then? Oh, man. So originally uh, from Pittsburgh. So I'm, Pittsburgh. Yeah. So about mm -hmm. five hours from here. So I grew up <laughs> in Pittsburgh, but then spent 30 years in California. Um, okay. So I've got the best of both. Now I'm in the middle, which is a completely different change, but really refreshing. Um, I can't see myself going back to California at this point. Like, this is, this is home now. Like, family loves it here. And... Uh, yeah, it's 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 great being out here. We're, you know, uh, it's it's good good value for land, and 
uh, everything's nice and cheap. And I'm like, this is, this is the place to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a Browns fan, right? Very tortured by, uh, by the Steelers, oh, tortured oh. Browns fan. So yeah, I'm single-handedly the reason like you've lost coaches. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, Hugh Jackson. Um, anyways, so back to the subject at hand. So throughout your time in SEO, which now it seems like it's spanned 20 or 20 or 30 yeah. years. Can you tell me when, tell me about some of your successes and then I want to get into like some of your failures or oh shit moments. <laughs> yeah, no crap. I'm happy to talk about those too. Um, so I, one that comes into mind was uh, a movie thing. So here's something for you about uh, 10 years ago or so. A uh, great movie came out called Speed Racer. Okay. And so when they did the remake of Speed Racer, uh, a person that I knew gave me a call and said, hey, I'm, I'm working on this movie and uh, we have the merchandise for it. We own the merchandising rights. But when you type in Speed Racer hats and Speed Racer shirts and Speed Racer merchandise, we don't come up, but all the people that are selling us do. Can you help us? And I'm like, Speed Racer, of course, yeah, go Speed, <laughs> Speed Racer. Uh, so I um, got on board, recoded their whole site, uh, optimized. They were using uh, which cart was that? Oh man, there's so many. Uh, it's gonna come to me. Which cart? Which cart? This is before Magento. This was like over mm -hmm. a decade ago. It was X cart. Was it an X cart? Uh, it was one of the carts. Some e-commerce platform. Yeah, there are so many. Not not optimized at all. It, most of their failures were just in the setup, you know. So it was just getting in there, adding keywords, doing you know the basic stuff. Um, and and sure enough, within a few weeks, just before the movie launched, they're ranking number one for Speed Racer hats, Speed Racer shirts, Speed Racer everything. They were loving it, racking in huge sales. Unfortunately, the movie tanked. <laughs> and and shortly after the merchandise really wasn't selling but not because they weren't ranking just because nobody wanted it yeah um but it was great because i got to go to the movie premiere i got to sit in the mach 5 uh um, wow it, it was a great i got to meet the uh, i got to meet peter Fer fernand the original voice of uh speed racer wow uh so yeah i i it was a great event and and uh one of the best projects I've ever been on uh, in terms of the way it came together and, and the payoff at the end. It was just phenomenal. Um, I've had some nice little wins, you know, in between there, but that one always kind of stands out because I, I, as a kid, I, I just wanted to hit that button and fly the lock five. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's funny. I've, uh, I've had similar experiences with respect to, to wins, but uh, nobody's ever let me sit in Speed Racer's car, right? I worked, uh, did some work for Ritz Carlton, and I didn't get comped a hotel room, a hotel room. So getting getting to go to a, a movie premiere just for being an SEO, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, can't can't beat that one. That that one's hard to top on for me too. It it was a great experience. And now I get to work with great brands like Angie's List, and yep. you know I get some nice lunches. And we went out to the K One uh, Speed Track a couple of weeks ago for a little fun day. And so there's some nice little wins in there too, which I'm, I'm pretty happy about. Tell me about the opposite side. Tell me yeah. about like an epic 
epic failure. We've all we've all had them. I'll I'll be happy to tell one. I just actually uh, let out uh, for the uh, Halloween horror stories. I think somebody <laughs> did a piece on the Halloween horror stories, and one of those were, was mine. Um, so I'm working with Motor Trend, and uh, this one's tough. Tough to talk about. It hurts. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we had just released a new tool that I pushed for. Uh, it was a way to be able to control templates. It was like a CMT that allowed me to add certain metadata to templates mm -hmm. that, cause you're talking about an enterprise site where, you know, uh, a single template controls millions of pages. And so we were going through optimizing templates. Uh, I accidentally checked a box that I shouldn't have checked and that threw a nice little meta no index. No, oh, the worst. <laughs> so that hit our content template which was the primary driver of traffic for a content site. Uh, unfortunately, when that goes out, it, the impact isn't felt right away. So you don't notice it for a couple days because you just start trending down. Mm -hmm. You're like, why are we trending down? And so it takes a couple days to really notice that there's a problem. And then by the time that, then there's also a few more days before you can really deploy a fix. So a good week and a half goes by and every day I'm sweating if I got a job, like I, I, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to show up every day with my box sitting on my desk because I know every day that this is out. I'm, I'm killing the visibility of a, you know, an enterprise site that's relying on their traffic mm -hmm. and uh, it, it, it hurt. So oh, by the time we got a button, by the time it got redeployed and then now you've got everything re you know no index so now you have to wait for everything to get re-indexed you've got a stretch there of a couple weeks that you're just watching the recovery go so slow uh it's painful and um thankfully uh my boss who really believed in me at the time and and uh, and actually he's one of my mentors who i was going to talk about later on leor zitzman um he he really stuck behind me and supported me and he and he you know kind of said like this was something that wasn't it wasn't intentional it was just a simple mistake it was we were actually trying to no index templates that we didn't want to be indexed so we were trying we were doing the right thing unfortunately that one template wasn't labeled correctly so it got no index anybody could have made the mistake and and uh unfortunately it was me that pushed the button so uh i i you know, sucked it up, you know, sucked it up and, and I was like, okay, but you know, uh, in the end the, the traffic recovered and, uh, we had to just make a little mention on that quarterly report to our, uh, <laughs> stockholders, why traffic was a little off in that quarter. Uh, they didn't mention me by name, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've, I think I've had a, had a few of those. Luckily you kind of knew, what 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 was wrong there are yeah. um, i feel like many times where things just take a downturn and you're trying to figure out is it something i did with my site is it the algorithm and yeah, somebody uh, else changed sometimes yeah you you never get to answer yeah. answer that question um when i was working at startups.co um not so long ago we were trending really 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 well from a traffic standpoint and then this april just Google changed their algorithm. All of a sudden, like nothing was really wrong with the site. They just started valuing and nothing changed. 
um, you know, we made some some quality changes after we started to see a downturn. But I started working with startups um, in April of last year. So this is 2017. And um, it took us almost all the way down to where we were when I started. And I was like, I've been working on this for a year and a year and a half. And Google, Building it up. stroke of the pen, um, just completely knocks, knocks me out. And, um, you know, we, we were slowly building it back up and building it back up. And it took a couple of months. And there wasn't like a silver bullet. Um, the site did use React and had a few issues around the time of the algorithm update with rendering. Um, which, gosh, JavaScript and, and right. rendering and that, in pre-rendering and that whole whole thing. Right. A lot of problems. we're doing that right now. I know the pain, man. We're going through. Yeah, this. yeah. So it can be painful if you're if you're uh, site and we we were using pre-render IO for um, right. quite a while. Looking at that too. Unfortunately, like that service just decides every once in a while to just drop and stop yep. stop rendering your pages. So yep. one of our really awesome developers there um, developed an in-house pre-rendering solution that didn't drop. Um, but that had its that had its blips. Anyways, long story short, we went almost down to where we originally were. And on my last day, Google made an algorithm change, literally my last day. And things not only shot back up, but they're like, they're just they're breaking records and it's really nice to nice to kind of see even though that even though I'm gone I can still look at the analytics and just watch them. You the, yeah you so, did the right things you did the yeah. right by them yeah, yeah. and that's yeah, the important so, thing I think that to me is always the most like I want to be able to look at them the next day, you know a client or whoever I'm working with like I just want to make sure I steered them in the right direction with the best knowledge that I had and that yep. you know it, the 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 end goal we we're we're always trying to think of the user and what the right thing is and and we're you know there was there was definitely a time early two thousands where I would play a little bit in the black hat arena you know I I had an account on Black Hat World and you know I was working with an agency where we did a little burn and churn and working in some of the industries the tougher ones like payday loans and right, education yeah, yeah. and credit repair and debt. Like I've, I've ranked sites on that first page and, uh, that, that was, that was hard. And, uh, you would burn them and churn them, you know, it was a couple months and get that one up and it would burn. But in that, in that time we would be raking, you know, for those few months and, and we would just spin up another site, duplicate everything again, and it would just be burn and churn. And, yep. but now that, that was more than a decade ago. And I, yeah, now today I like, I won't even work for a, brand any like that isn't recognizable now I, I only want to work for companies that have the right intentions in mind that want to do the right things and uh want to get sound advice and not i still hear from companies all the time that want to like do black hat or yeah aggressive things and they're asking me for advice i'm like i would say don't like you're pushing your luck yeah, I, I once interviewed with a company before I went to startups that that's they were kind of doing it themselves. And they mentioned that in the interview, that was their strategy. And I just like, that's when things get a little bit awkward in, in the interview where like, you can't just, mm, maybe it's not a fit for me. Good luck. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I can't. Sorry. Like, I know yeah. where this is going to go. And we may not have jobs next month. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the industry, what do you love about it and what do you hate about it? Um, you know, I love the challenge. I, you know, 
some people hate the fact that like things are always changing and that, like you said, like I come in today and nothing happened. Like what, why am I down? I love that aspect of it, that it's not the same thing every day that I get to come in and see what happens, see what changed, figure it out. What's going mm -hmm. on? What's different. I love that aspect of it. And that I'm always being challenged. If I got bored, I'm, I'm out. I think that's why I've been hooked so long to SEO. Yep. It's, it's like the never ending game. It's, you know, I'm a video gamer and, and like, I feel like I'm, I'm just on this like never ending, you know, EVP world or something where I'm like, yeah. I could, I'm, I'm like master of my domain and, and every day is like a new challenge. And so, um, I, I love that aspect of it, that it's always changing and, and that you can't count on what, you know, yesterday to be true tomorrow mm -hmm. and uh, vice versa. So like, uh, but at the same time, I think that's what makes this industry so challenging is that there's no standards. There's no education system. There's, there's really no credentials you could get. There's no, there's really no one source. And so what works for you may not work for them, may not work for this industry, may not work for the site, may not work. You know I mean? There's every, every, you know, site and, and industry is a little bit different. And so, you know, and everybody's got strategy. Everybody can do something, but not everybody's doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And there's no like uniformity to it. And so, you know, that, that aspect, I would love to be able to teach the next generation and have some, you know, some groundwork found foundations that we can, and yeah, we have certain things like we know the, basic ranking factors and stuff but even those are all speculated and i mean other than that one time where gary said you know the most important things are links content and rank brain i mean we really you know so there's there's this uncertainty always with it that you know you can't go to college and learn seo i mean yes yeah. we talked about gonna, that in the last episode like we like who's gonna write a book you can't yeah. write a book we can teach write, seo at college because there's yeah. there's no colleges that are really teaching it all the people that come out uh that come out of college they don't they don't know seo they know traditional marketing right yeah and that's fine and then they just have to happen into it and they have to just learn and put their feet to the fire and um so that part's challenging and, and tough a little bit there's no standards um you know so you got good and bad and and you've got somewhere in the, in the middle too so yeah yeah so I don't know if you've ever spent any time in what I call, I call agency world. So like most of my yeah. SEO career. So I've been um, in an agency now three times and I've been in house twice. And I'll say, I like, I like agency life a little bit more just for some reason suits me a little bit better than in house. But um, we run up against, there's kind of two common things that we run up against. One, when, when you're, you're working with somebody or when you're, um, when you're working with a client or when you're pitching a client, you've always got the other agencies because they're trying to win business too, undercutting you. Um, we had a client that we're, that we're working with and there's, and, and it always happens when the, either the, the, the client or the agency, they don't quite understand the dynamics and what's going on kind of behind the scenes and why certain things are happening and why other things are not happening. But you will have a, a client come to you and say, hey, my boss had agency XYZ come and look at it. And they're saying that we are missing our meta tags and stuff like that and so on and so forth. So you've always got people trying to 
kind of undercut you without really understanding kind of the dynamics of what's going on. And I get it. That part's frustrating. Um, I ran into something two days ago um, where a company asked us to look at the work that another company had done and, and because they weren't sure what to make of it to quote unquote audit their audit. So we got their audit and we looked at it and it was, they wanted to pay us money to audit this thing. And within five minutes, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe somebody actually charged money for delivering yeah, what this, this, yeah. this work. And like, you need, you need, you can't do anything with this and you paid money. So that's, um, that, that's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. You do have people out here that are trying to do it correctly and trying to deliver value. And maybe those people thought that they were delivering value. Like, I don't think that they intentionally delivered poor work, but you're right. There are no standards. There's no kind of, um, there's no minimum, you know, viable product. There's no minimum threshold. So it's still, unfortunately, yeah. What is an audit? Much the, right. As much the wild west as it was probably 20 years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, right. Right is an audit, you know. And what what do companies right. expect? And what is what you get from one is different from another. And yeah, you really don't know. And I actually saw a tweet I think yesterday about this, uh, a little conversation on Twitter. Uh, an agency was tweeting out that you know maybe it's time to get past the the, the all audits, the full audits, and get yeah, I saw the, that too. The that, monthly and, recommendation audits, and I was like, you know what? That's probably more, um, yeah, more helpful because things are just evolving, and what what you're doing right now may change in two months. And so to to be able to pivot and be agile is probably an ad, adopting an agile strategy for SEO is probably the right way to go, and set up SEO more into like sprints or or buckets like that rather than all at once and just throw it at them. Yeah, you know, and I I. I saw that tweet and I forget, I forget, I, I saved it. I liked it and I forget who tweeted it out. So hopefully I can like credit them later when I go back. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of it too. And, and uh, it's not coming to my head. But that, it, it did. That was one of the few tweets as I'm, that made me kind of stop dead in my tracks and just reevaluate like as an agency, like this is, this is just what you do. You, you right. win a client and you say, all right, we're going to go into our foxhole for the next two months. And when we come out of it, we're going to have all these all yeah. that will solve all your problems. And then you come out of it and all your technical recommendations, the company looks at you and says, great, we can get those in in nine months or 10 right. months or 11 months. Right. It's like, we're like, you know, you had something after two days that you could have showed them and get started. Exactly. Exactly. It really made me day. think like, should we be doing that? Should we just go away for a month auditing? Like we have to audit, but should we yeah. break it down into smaller sprints? Would that be more effective? Who knows? Um, but it was yeah. a really good thought. I thought so too. I saw that. I was like, you know what? I don't do any, I started with agency work as well, but now I'm all in house. But yeah, it made me really kind of think too that like, wow, what a smart idea. Yeah, because I have I do some side work with clients and I've done those audits and I've just thrown them all at them and they're like, oh my God, and they're overwhelmed and mm -hmm. where do we begin? It's like, yeah, okay, just start with these couple things. And, you, know, and it, you know, I give them this long laundry list and it winds up me just telling them, yeah, do these couple things to start with. So yeah. even though I've taken all this time to do all this, they just want to know like, okay, what do, I, what do I need to do right now? And then tell me the next thing and then tell me the next thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, so I almost think too that, yeah, that made me reevaluate how, how, you know, I might be doing it going forward with some of these clients and 
you know, not charging them up front for this huge production and just getting right into it and starting, starting with some simple tasks that can be done fairly quickly and start mm -hmm. seeing some wins. Cause you know, that longer dev cycle, you know, after a first month and two months, Hey, they're looking at where's those results We're you know, how come we're not moving up yet? You know, mm -hmm. every time I start with a new client within a month, they're like, Oh, I'm not like ranking number one yet. It's like, dude, it takes a couple months. It doesn't happen. Like over, yeah. if you have overnight success, I'd be worried about you because you're probably going to tank. Like yeah. that's their first sign that you're tanking. Um, so, you know, I always try to like temper the expectations, but then, you know how it is like two months in, they're already like, Hey, 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 it's like, well, we're still waiting for these dev things that happen. Like, yeah. how do you, I don't just sprinkle little magic on the, on the SERPs and then you magically rank like, unless this work happens, nothing is going to like, I can point a couple more links at you, which might help a little bit, but you know, like unless you get these technical things figured out or whatever is going on, you, you can't expect improvement until like the dev work. So yeah, tempering expectations is always a challenge a little bit. And even in-house sometimes. Um, but I think we get, I get a little more leeway because, you know, we're all part of the same team. So when we're like, you know, this is our depth, this is what the roadmap is, this is what the, you know, I can't push anything into the roadmap. So as much as I would like to, I got a lot of stuff I want to do. Uh, I can't get it in. <laughs> yeah. No, that's – that. and the other frustrating part of that is when um, – easiest way to get something in is to try to tie revenue revenue increase yeah. to it and that's also especially when you look at some of the minute changes that you're making yeah it's a risk um, it's it's you know, almost impossible to accurately yeah. forecast what revenue will be when you go from position 10 to position one it's at best a crapshoot <laughs> yeah and then if you start adding those projections and now you got to be you're going to be held to that you know, yes. and, and if you don't hit it, then now you're, you know, you're accountable. So it's, it's, uh, it's a slippery slope, but it's one we have to kind of tread on sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. If you want to get stuff done. So you mentioned, um, forget the name. Who, who is your mentor? Who do you like, who, who do you want to pay homage to right now? Lior Zitzman. Uh, okay. I think he's had, he's, he was our director of SEO over at uh, Motor Trend. Uh, he was one that, you know, really kind of initially recruited me in. I was, I was an analyst at the time working at an agency, mm -hmm. gave me a shot working in house on, on brand. And, and, uh, you know, I, I really appreciated it so much. And, and ever, I've learned so much because I had that agency experience and I worked on lots of sites. We did that burn. I mean, I, I really got my experience there, but working in an enterprise brand level just really kind of saw the other side of it and, and really helped me grow and take it to the next level. And, uh, worked under him for seven years. Um, That's a long taught time. Me a lot of great stuff. We, we bounced a lot of ideas off. We pushed the envelope all the time with push state and, and uh, JavaScripting and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, maximize our views and impressions. And uh, yeah, we did some wonderful things together. And uh, I appreciated that time. I, I haven't had a chance to really get that strong of a, uh, of a working relationship since then. But, um, um, yeah, he, he really, in the SEO world, you know, you don't get too many people where you can sit back and just, you know, talk about things and go into different tangents. And I, I've got some really good friends too, back in uh, California that were pretty nice. I was in part of some semantic groups where we used to have some good discussions, but, um, you know, on a daily basis, mm -hmm. that was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And, you know, the funny thing for me, as I try to think of the people that I look up to, some of the people I don't even, I don't even know, like the Rand Fishkins of the, the world. Oh, sure. Primary Bill Slosky, uh, Aaron Bradley, uh, Glenn Gabe. Um, yeah. you know, these are definitely people I currently uh, rely on for their information. Uh, Glenn Gabe uh, has, a, has an enormous amount of sites that he monitors. Mm -hmm. And what he does with the quality algorithms uh, is phenomenal. And, and, and tracking uh, his information is, is, I think, vital right now. Yeah. Um, uh, there's definitely a few people that, you know, Bill Slosky, uh, who I've had the pleasure of, of uh, I was actually uh, in part of his semantic group down in San Diego. I've been down to his house before. He's a great guy, very mm -hmm. humble, fun to be around him, Barbara Starr, a bunch of them down there. Wonderful people. Um, always pushing, you know, what people understand and know for SEO. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, their work is, is incredible and, um, have has really helped me, you know, a lot in my, in my job, in my and world. The flip side of that is because those are all well-known people. Some of the best SEOs that I've met and that have helped me grow the most people you've never heard of. Yeah. Um, and not only that people that are younger than me, like much younger than me, which is like, again, it's, it goes back to like, how did you learn so much so quickly? And it's, it's just amazing. And I think one of the things that I was thinking about, the other day is that sometimes um, I tend to give too much credit to or assume that people that are way older than me know more and that mm. people that are way younger than me know less. And sure. I, I run into all the time where I find people that are vastly younger than me are so much further along than when I was at that place in my career or are even further along that it, than me in my current place. And then there are other people that are older who I thought and I, I, I held in very high esteem that maybe just didn't, you know, you know, when you, when you meet them in person, it just didn't quite come, come through like really? I would have expected. Yeah. So it's really interesting, the dynamics of uh, where people come from in this industry, how old or young or whatever, it really doesn't matter. Um, from, you know, an age, from an age standpoint, it really doesn't matter and really doesn't impact how awesome somebody is at their job yeah. and how well they can influence other people. So yeah, that's been something I've found interesting. And I, and I think that's part of the fact that the industry changes so much that, mm -hmm. you know, you, you could be doing this industry for 15 years, but if you kind of sit back for, you know, six months and, you know, aren't really on top of it for, you know, a year, you're pretty much you know, out of it. Um, whereas yeah. somebody who just got in six months ago, if they're on top of the latest stuff and they're, and they're watching the latest trends and what's going on. Yeah. They could quite easily be just as, or just as knowledgeable or more knowledgeable than somebody who's been doing it for much longer. And so I think in this industry, you know, current, um, you know, information is so much more vital that, you know, really, I think young, old, new, um, you know, that's what makes this industry, I think, different than any other industry where, you know, it take you have to do something for years to really master it. Mm -hmm. um, I think in this industry, you know, if you really put your, your nose to it, you know, you could you could really master it in six to eight months. And if you stay on top of it, you know, within a couple of years, you're you're just as skilled as any person has been doing it for like myself, two decades. You yeah, know, I would be perfectly comfortable handing over, you know, sites to, you know, somebody who's only been doing it for a couple of years if I saw that they're 
you know, understanding and, and expert level was was capable of it. So yeah, yeah, this industry is different from from most others. Part two, making your bones. So, so let's move into the uh, the next segment. So, got to make your bones. So, drop a knowledge bob on me. Tell me something I don't know, or tell the people something that they don't know. Something that you've had success with that maybe you wouldn't think of right off the bat. Uh, duplicate content doesn't really hurt. Yeah. Why? Uh, I think over the last, uh, especially in the local markets, I think if you're in a local space, I think um, I've seen now just in the recent algo changes, probably in the last six months uh, for local queries, uh, local businesses that have similar content on multiple location pages are still ranking um, are ranking just fine, even over national directories such as ourselves mm -hmm. um so it was quite surprising and when we look at it further um the content's about 80 percent duplicate uh but there's still unique information on that page because it's a location page but like their uh services offered and their faqs are, are all the same so in, in in that sense it's mostly duplicate it's literally the exact same text verbatim on you know dozens of pages but it, it's not hurting their rankings at all and they're doing so, really fine. So are you saying it works now, might not work in the future, or you think it'll work in the future too? I think, I think with those local, if you're a local business and the, the query relevancy looks for local relevance, then I think that entity will, will come up regardless. So I think it's something that's probably here to stay. Cause I, in a lot of cases, you know, some of these small, uh, small companies and, and mom and pop shops, they're not SEO savvy. They don't have team of devs. They just throw up a site and they walk away and they go to their job. They go to their service call. They do whatever they need to do. Google knows that these people aren't like, yeah, the big companies can hire agencies and the big companies have in-house teams. But most of these small businesses across the country, you know, don't have teams of people and can't do this stuff. And I think they've adapted to that. And, and if they see, uh, that that you know particular users in that market and looking for that service or that product or that um, you know whatever Google's gonna rank that that you know if it's relevant I think if regardless if that content is on you know dozen of their same you know they have that same content on like a dozen of their location pages or various pages I, I, I see that now probably gonna be relevant for a while so so my um my my gears are spinning here, so I'm thinking of uh, thinking of the Angie's List website, and I'm thinking of uh, how big it must be, and how, given given what you just said, it's probably heavily dynamic because there's probably no way right. user-generated content that a single person can go through, and nor would you want to touch every single page. So, what is it like to work on a massive website where? most of the content is out of your control? Um, it's a little challenging. You can really only look at the surrounding, you know, factors, the wrappers, the metadata, 
Um, linkage is extremely important. Um, you know, so a lot of a lot of the factors are out of your uh, out of your hands. Um, you know, but we're constantly combing through those data sets. It's mm -hmm. going through those very those various data sets that the variables that are populating that data. So we're constantly fine tuning those and and maybe making variations. Um, you know, we'll we'll add if we see a certain word is. Uh, being semantically related to something else, we may, you know, incorporate some of that somewhere into that data set. Um, so it's, it's really combing through a lot of the data. It's very tedious work. You're getting a lot of Excel spreadsheets uh, and doing a lot of uh, keyword analysis and, you know, figuring out if you're using the right combination or if you're cannibalizing something. Because in our, in our kind of segment, you know, you might have two things that could easily be semantically, a patio and a porch. Uh, a deck, you know, how, how, but we have a page for each one of these, how much difference are there and how much semantic. So we, we see that where like one gets a lot more searches for the exact same thing as the other one. So we know Google's already semantically related these two things together. Oh, and so having two yeah. separate pages doesn't actually, actually help. And we have to, you know, look at those variations all the time and looking at our data sets and, and really trying to fine tune it. So, one of the things to, to switch gears a little bit, one of the things that you said that really, because I'm a huge site speed person, right? It's, I've been yeah. preaching it for a long time and I could tell at Found Conference that you were extremely passionate. But one of the things I think that set your passion apart is that you've actually um, implemented a site speed check Q&A system into your dev team cycle, which... Yep must be magic because I've never, ever, ever been able to do that. And I've had the hardest time getting development teams to take site speed seriously, even in this day and age. How'd you wow. get <laughs> I, I can't take credit for it. Um, luckily, we have a great uh, CTO who actually started in the SEO department with HomeAdvisor almost 20 years ago. Oh, man. So we have a, a pretty strong uh, support uh, up the chain. And so this directive actually came down from him. Uh, so when your CTO says performance is a, is a big thing and, and we're going to make this a mandate, uh, it becomes a mandate and SEO just sit back and roars where we championed it and we were like, yes, this is great. Uh, so we had kind of like, you know, asked about it a couple times and, and uh, like him coming from that background, he knew the importance of it. So as soon as he put his foot in the ground, everything just started rolling. And, and now it's part of our process. We have regular checks now. Uh, we keep things at a strict quota. So you want something on there, something's got to come off. And uh, uh, it's been very efficient for us. And, and we've seen some, some nice gains from that. So what, how many seconds and what size do the pages have to be? Um, so right now we're looking to load our site. Our pages have to load under four seconds for four G network. Oh my God. And 50 requests, language. <laughs> 50 requests, uh, is our, is our cap. No more than 50 requests per page and, uh, a size of, uh, 500 kilobytes. So we're, 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 we're really trying to maximize our, our, uh, because mobile is, is still, right now, it's our primary source of traffic. It's about 60% of our traffic. Yeah. And in a lot of markets right now, 4G is still, uh, I think for a large portion, I think it was like 40% of our market right now. Because um, a lot of them are in small towns and small 
areas. And so a lot of them are still on 4G. And so we, we felt that it was a, it was a great uh, thing all around. And have you guys seen any, when did you start doing this? So uh, we kicked it off back in uh, second quarter, so probably around April, May, and we started really getting everything out there around May and then end of May, June, and, and we started seeing gains uh, right away. Um, performance really does matter. Conversions went up. Um, yeah, it was. It's a nice. Um, it's a nice win, and it, and it, it seems so easy, but yet it, it was so hard. Yeah, I and mean, we. Uh, we struggled there for, for weeks trying to figure out, you know, how to make certain things perform better. And, and uh, uh, once you make some hurdles and some big gains, it, it feels really rewarding. And then you want to do, it almost becomes like, almost like cracking away. You want more. Mm -hmm. You're like, I want to get this faster. How much more? And then people started buying in and it became kind of almost like a challenge. Like, what else can we do? What else can we tweak? Yeah. And, and so now it's, it's almost become, you know, in our company, part of our, our culture a little bit, like, you know, let's see how much can we can we change this. In fact, we have still releases coming out where we tweak down our our homepage logo a little bit more because we optimized it for an extra few more, you know, hundreds of a millisecond. I mean, so we're we're still trying to push it. Yeah, I um, I I have a lot of painful stories when it comes to <laughs> site speed. So this is like near and dear to my heart, music to my ears. So I three. Three years ago, I would say, sat in a room with a really, really large client, I think Fortune 100 or 500, something like that. Very, very big. Well, you would know them. And um, I said, all right, all of your top pages average eight to 10 seconds load times, some worse. And um, if you improve just to five seconds, you don't, even have, you don't even have to be good. Just get to five or six seconds you will make hundreds of millions of dollars just from doing that. And they laughed me out of the room. They literally, they literally just looked at me, laughed and stopped taking me seriously. But then somebody else came, came into the company and said, Hey, we need to look at that. And they brought in um, uh, the, whatever consultant worked with the, the famous Walmart case study. For I was going to say Walmart. What, what about Walmart? They brought those people in and those people corroborated it. And, and finally, after a while, they realized, hey, Jake, Jake was right. Jake was yeah. right. So, it, you know, and it's a long dev cycle. So it it's, took a while for them to start kind of get, get the gears in motion. But I'll never forget the feeling of saying you're going to, this is, this is like the biggest recommendation I've ever laid on anybody ever. And I got right. laughed out of, with the most conviction and certainty right. that I've ever had laughed out of the you room. No. Yeah. 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 So what tools do you use? What's in your um, good question? I, I think my best friend is Screaming Frog, uh, yep. for sure. Um, I'm probably using Screaming Frog more than any other tool. And then, you know, GSC is, is valuable. Mm -hmm. What I'm recently getting into is uh, the Data Studio, Google's Beta Data Studio, where I've connected GSC with that. You could build filters into your GSC data, which can give you so much more than you know, what you'd get from the standard GSC. Yep. Um, I could build segments and target things. And um, so using Data Studio to mine GSC data um, is extremely helpful and, and Screaming Frog. Um, you know, I've got access to most of the tools. I've got access for Ahrefs and Moz. 
I've been, I'm certified for search metrics. I'm certified for demand crawl for getting, I mean, there's abundance of them. They all kind of do the same thing um, yeah. for me. I just want a crawler, crawl my site, tell me what my errors are. Um, what's great about some of those tools is that you can automate it and then you get alerts and stuff. I still prefer the manual crawls. Like if I need to crawl yeah. something, I'm just going to crawl it. Yeah. Um, Got to get your hands dirty to know the site. Yeah. And I'll, I'll connect the GSC and connect GAA and pull data in. I love using extraction. I'll extract stuff out of there. You know, I pretty much mine anything I can out of a page and it all comes from Screaming Frog. Um, I would say that's probably my number one. Tool. Nice. We just, uh, just renewed our licenses uh, actually today. So it's funny you mentioned that. I use Screaming Frog a lot. Uh, quite a bit as well. And, and we're also looking at a bunch of different enterprise tools. Ahrefs is my personal favorite, um, but there are a lot of great tools out there. It's interesting that there's not any one tool that does it all. So SEOs are kind of forced into using a plethora, you know, being tool agnostic. So, yeah. Um, I have to admit too, um, there's a couple on crawl, a uh, couple uh, crawling tools, enterprise that we're looking at right now on crawl, obviously deep yep. crawl. Um, and you know, what's great about them is you can even set up alerts for your competitors, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so if your competitors change or you change or, uh, you know, something, you know, you can connect it with certain, um, metric points. So if, if it hits a certain threshold, you can get alert. So there's some, you know, we're starting to look at some of those crawling tools. We, we might be getting one of those coming in here soon. Um, we were using uh, demand crawl for a while from Ginza. Um, but it just doesn't give us that much. Um, mm -hmm. Kinza's tool is great. Um, it, it certainly reports back errors and, and, and some really good information. Um, but, you know, we were just kind of looking to see what else is out there. And, and in fact, right now we're even beta testing uh, Kinza's new speed uh, crawl. So they have a new speed tool. I think we mentioned that at the conference. Yep. Um, and so we're beta testing that right now with some URLs where it's going to like use the uh, API for Lighthouse and, web page test and pull back daily um, uh, performance metrics uh, and send us alerts if anything should get out. Because right now yeah. we're, we're kind of pulling them manually. So they're like, we can do that for you. And we're like, it's okay, let's check it out. a long process. Yeah. 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 So some of these tools are pretty helpful. I'm also a huge search metrics fan. Okay. Um, I think they have probably some of the best uh, keyword data in the industry. Um, you know, whenever there was a big algorithm change, everybody's looking for them for their winners and losers. Yep. Um, yep. Because they definitely have the biggest index of, of keywords. Uh, I worked with them really closely for years at Motor, when I was with Motor Trend. We actually helped them build some of their beta, some of their tools, like their content analysis tool. And some of their things kind of came from myself and Lior. Nice. Um, so, um, yeah, I think search metrics is, is of SEO tools. I, I, they're kind of pricey, but... Um, well worth it, I, I think. Yeah, I've um, I've dabbled in their tool a little bit, but I'm more, like I said, Ahrefs, SEMrush, um, yeah. Past yeah. Life, Bright Edge, Moz. Sure. So on, Moz. So Majestic is also a wonderful Majestic, tool for yeah. obviously backlinks, but everybody just uses the Majestic API so you can get the same yeah. data and other tools. But um, um, Best advice for people just getting into the industry? Read. Be prepared to read. <laughs> read and study study yeah. test i mean just test things i mean you put up a site build a site play with it 
point some links at it, change the metadata, test things out. I mean, that's for years, that's really what I got to do through the late 90s <laughs> and yeah. early 2000s was, and I still have a, a, you know, a couple dozen sites I run on my own. I, I'm into fantasy sports, so I, I have a fantasy sports blog, um, you know, and, and if, you, if you don't have your own sites, then you're, you're probably doing it wrong. You know, yeah. like if you're going to be in the, in the industry, you, you should probably have your own domains, your own, your own FTPs, and, and you should be, you know, trying things out, seeing where things rank, play with stuff, do a lot of reading, do some testing. Um, yeah, I think A-B testing is great. We do a lot of indexation tests, change a meta title on a certain market, see how it performs, mm-hmm. um, change a link, change things around. Um, so I, I think testing all the time is re- re- extremely valuable because that's where, where you're getting your next information from. Um, so, yeah, te- read, test, and, and just keep trying is probably the best I can, I can say. Awesome. No, that's great advice. I think, uh, I think I've given the same advice, uh, quite a few times. Uh, and I've even helped a few people set up their own websites, uh, when they didn't know how. So yeah, no, that's excellent, excellent advice. Um, moving, and, you know, not just learn and, and, and obviously learn WordPress cause that's the yes. primary CMS WordPress, out man. That well, got me into the know, industry. Don't be afraid. Be an expert on WordPress for sure. Learn mm-hmm. WordPress, go to their seminars, go to a couple, go to a couple WP conferences or, or local meetup or whatever, learn WordPress for sure. But don't be afraid to learn other CMSs. Like right now, uh, we at Angie's List, we use Drupal. Yep. Um, and, and, it's, and I've used Joomla, and I've used Pyro, and I've used, uh, oh man, there's so many of them. There's a plethora of them out there, and yeah. some good, some bad. Uh, I mean, I even optimized a Weebly site. Wow. I, and, you know, Weebly is, that was, it was basic, but you know, I mean, they give you some SEO tools. Yeah. You know, so I mean, don't be afraid to, to learn CMSs because everybody's using a CMS today. And yeah, WordPress is the dominant one, but get, gotta get your fingers wet in some of the other ones so that you know uh, what is the good and the bad and uh, be able to make recommendations as far as um, what you're seeing out there. Part three, getting made. Let's jump into into the last section, the fun sure. section. So, time to uh, time to get your button, time to get made. Join the uh, Page Two Podcast, quote unquote, family. So, awesome. What's a personal fact about you that most people don't know? Uh, let's see. I've been on a couple game shows. I've won really? the Family Feud. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wait, wait. The Ray Combs, the Steve Harvey, the Drew Carey. The uh, uh, Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson. Oh, I missed him. Okay. All right. This was almost 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, my wife was uh, eight months pregnant at the time. We were on the Family Feud with my brother, my dad, and my mother-in-law. And uh, my wife and my brother, man, kicked Kick butt at the end, and we took home the big prize. We so won. You, so what happened? Like, what happens when you win? Uh, it was great, man. We won, and uh, you don't get any money right there. But when the show airs, after the show airs, uh, you get your money ninety days later. And we all got really? big fat checks in the mail. And oh my it was goodness, a, it was a great, great Christmas. 
what kind of uh, what kind of questions did did you get asked? Like, what 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 do you remember from that? That's amazing. Yeah, um, how to get one of the things was like, how do you get ketchup out of a bottle? Uh, uh, one of them was, uh, you know, what what uh, they call what women typically call men. Okay. Um, so a couple of good ones, and uh, but my wife and my brother, man, they they're such polar opposites that we put them we put them in the final because we're like, they're never going to get the same. Like oh, yeah. they're going to, they're going to answer different differently. So like at first, cause it was, my, it was my, me and my wife's idea to go on. And so at first I was like, I want to be in the final. They're like, no, no, you and your wife are too much alike. You guys are going to answer the same thing. So we put my brother up there as opposite of me. And sure enough, they didn't, they didn't have one duplicate answer. Wow. And we nailed it without, we didn't even need the last couple. We nailed the, the 200. So quick. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah and I've actually been on a couple game shows. So I, I was a part of the game show circuit. I've also won on Let's Make a Deal. I've won on Shop to You Drop. I've won um, on uh, Krypton Factor. So uh, yeah, I was on the game show circuit there for for a while. Uh, that, you're, allowed to do, you're allowed to do one per year. Man, uh, wait, how do they know? Are they, they have like, a record? Yeah, you're you're on record. Yeah, you're on a record. Okay, all right. So yeah, you, they're only allowed to do one per year. Wow. Well, I didn't think I'd be talking about Speed Racer, nor did I think I would be talking about fam or Family Feud in the Louis Anderson version. <laughs> the Steve Harvey version, I think, is hilarious. But oh, we're, we're, yeah. we wanted to go back so bad because now it's twenty grand. So when we were on, it was only ten grand, and you were only allowed to do one episode. So even though we won, we weren't allowed to w get another shot. Where now you get to come back five days, and it's twenty grand. Man. So we could have like. We only got ten grand. Yeah, we could have kept this going for. Jeez, a yeah. Episodes. We would have been, been like that guy that was on Jeopardy for like thirty days or whatever. Yeah, I, we've been trying to get back on there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and if for if for nothing else, Steve Harvey is like a national treasure, and he's hilarious. Oh, he's so, so funny. So yeah. funny. Um. Okay. Well. I don't know how to segue to that, but desert island movies, right? So you're you're stranded on a desert island. You sure. only have five movies that you can watch for the rest of your life. Go. Uh, Star Wars, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Okay, I was going to say, you only get one. <laughs> uh, I can only get one Star Wars. Definitely Empire Strikes Back. Um, do the right thing. Uh, weird right Science. Thing. Um... Ah, boy. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, getting tough now. Cause those, oh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I could watch that all day. That There's an RV. <laughs> yeah. that that and you know what? I'd have to take a Dumb and Dumber, too, because that original Dumb and Dumber – Another throw another shrimp on the bar. I could I just want yep. to laugh. If I'm on a desert island forever, give me a little excitement, give me a little adventure, and then let me laugh. Big gulp. See you out there. Yeah. Uh man, so there's just so much to react to there. So I always tell my wife, it is not Christmas until I've watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and a Christmas story. And then it's Christmas. Yeah, I have to watch those first, and I honestly I could watch them any time of the year, not just at Christmas. But uh, yeah, those are great, great movies. Um, there was one in between that I had literally no idea what it was. Weird um, Science. No, I knew what that was. It was the okay. one. 
before that. I don't remember what it was. was uh, what did I say oh, oh, do the right things. Spike yeah, what's Lee, that? Do the right thing. So in the eighties, Spike Lee did this movie. I mean, this was the this was the movie where Rosie Perez got her start. Samuel really? Jackson's in there. Martin Lawrence is in there. I mean, these they were all nobodies. This was wow. the movie that launched all their careers. Wow. Oh, huge. I mean, just unbelievable cast. Uh, and so it's that. about a guy named Sal who owns a pizzeria shop. Oh, okay. It, so it centers around Sal's famous pizzeria. So you could see why I'm a little biased. Yeah, exactly. Growing up, everybody would always say, because there's a famous line in there where they say, yo, Sal, we're going to boycott your fat pasta ass. And sure <laughs> enough, I heard that every day at high school for like for like years. Now I'm just thinking of Samuel L. Jackson saying that. Oh, no, Samuel, he was great. He was the senior love daddy. So what? Samuel Jackson played a radio <laughs> DJ, and he was the senior love daddy. And he would, say, he would always say, that's the double truth, Ruth. And Man. so, oh, it was great. I mean, I could quote every line in that movie. Um, just unbelievable cast. There was a, a famous comedian there who died a few years back. Um, uh, I can't remember his name now. He, he played this character named, uh, I don't know if I should mention it, but that's his name. His name was Sweet Dick Willie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he would just go rambling on about wow. like, all kinds of just wonderful things. And, uh, the movie's just hilarious. It's about stereotypes. It's about racism. Um, it's about, you know, this Italian guy who, who owns a pizzeria in a black neighborhood. And uh, this one uh, guy wanted to boycott him because he, didn't, he wasn't showcasing African-Americans on his, on his wall. It's, it's a very funny, but yet drama. And um, it's a great, it's all centered around a 24-hour day, just one day. Okay. So that's it funny. In the morning, it starts in the morning and ends at night. So I, I knew that I, as I asked these questions that I was going to get movies, and I've watched a lot of movies, but that I had never heard of. And that's legitimately something I have never heard of until this, mo this moment. I'm going to have to watch it. Great movie. Very funny. Uh, but yeah, definitely hard racial tones and stereotypes. But uh, it broke a lot of barriers. It, it was a groundbreaking movie. Uh, unbelievable cast. I think it won a couple. I think it did it win an Oscar for something. I might have. Wow. Uh, if not, it definitely won a Golden Globe. I mean, it was a very, very powerful movie. Okay. So but funny at the same time. We would, my friends and I would just bust jokes on it all day. I mean, it was written to be lighthearted, but in covering a serious matter. But Spike Lee, it's, it's probably his best movie ever. Spike Lee joint. Every every good movie's quotable. Every good yeah. movie's quotable. Um, tons of great quotes tons of great lines what what what's on your music app what are your spotify your pandora whatever app i i'm not hip with all the music apps so. uh definitely a lot of hip-hop and rap um you know I can which to, era um i'm listening to the current stuff right now really yeah, okay yeah I, you know i'm getting into the, some of the trap music. and i like edm music too so i think when i'm at work and i'm just wanting to like get stuff done you know, I'll throw on some Green Lantern or, or some, you know, kill the noise and just start rocking out. And uh, EDM really keeps me keeps me going. Man, writing code and rocking out. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you see me standing up at my desk and I'm jamming, people know it. There's some good things happening. So do you do a standing desk then? 
Yeah. Okay. How's that? Oh, it's great. It's great. Really? Uh, I, I, I keeps my blood flowing and, uh, and, uh, keeps me focused and jamming. When I sit down, I get too complacent. I feel like it would hurt my back after a while, but I've seen people use them. Oh, they're great. Okay. All right. We, equip, uh, we got a new digs. And so at our new digs, we, we all, they've equipped every, um, every desk now has a automatic lift. So you can go either way. We have automatic digital controls so we can set it to whatever heights we want and then pre-program it. So it's, it's fun. That's awesome. So yeah. speaking of automatic, something I found out and I didn't, I didn't partake because I didn't realize it at the time. So I, I'm working for search discovery. I've, I've been to the corporate office one time and at the corporate office they have um, among other things, they have a small keg grater that when you fill it up, it takes a picture of the person filling it up and tweets it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Somebody told me about that. So not in any like malicious, like look who's drinking on the job way. Right. Right. I'm like, what are they trying to punish people or what is yeah, this? Look how much we can use technology to be obnoxious way. Okay. So that's almost a, recruiting. That's a thing. They're using it as a recruiting tactic. I guess so. Come to search discovery, drink on the job. And we'll tweet it out. Yeah. Yeah. That'll get people coming to the door. Right, right. <laughs> so your name sounds Italian and forgive me if yep. it's not. Yep. It's meal. I know what I'm expecting, but maybe it's going to be different. <laughs> it's definitely pasta. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I eat pasta uh, multiple times a week. Okay, yeah, so I, I, I went into this with my, obviously, my mob movie theme and your, your name sounding very Italian. I was like, maybe I'm going to offend him. I don't know him well enough nope. to know that I'm not going to offend him by, by doing this. Good. But I'm, uh, so I, I just took a DNA test, and I had always thought that I was, like, German-Irish and whatnot, but I married into a very Italian, very Italian family, last name Picciano, right? You say it with your hands. Yep. And, you know, they're, they're, they're very into their heritage. And um, so we love pasta. And they always joke with me, given like, so I love really old music, like Frank Sinatra, that type of music. I'm way into mob movies. And I read about that, that I'm a history buff. So I read about that stuff all the time. And they always joke with me, you wish you were born Italian. So my father-in-law he's saying that about everybody right okay. right my father-in-law it's 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 funny took a dna test uh, a couple of months ago and found out that he's actually primarily swedish right and he's only 14 percent italian and his, his last name is picciano my last name is stoops not italian at all i took a dna test and found out that i am also 14 percent italian wow look at that Hey, I'm just as Italian up, as you. How you doing? Exactly. So uh, now he's going to try to, because he's in uh, the Columbus Italian Club. He always jokes with me about how if I do anything wrong, him and his Italian buddies are going to yeah. roll me up in a carpet. So now I get sure to join the Italian Club with my last That's name great. being <laughs> So, Which for me is awesome, but other people are going to look at me funny. Well, we always say there's two types of people in the world. There's Italians and then there's those that want to be. Exactly. Um, right. So, yeah, we, we take a pretty strong pride in being <laughs> Cool, uh, man. So, that's awesome. Yeah, and I love, I love you know, the, the Godfather movies. and oh, a lot man. Of Now, some of my family members don't. Um, 
yeah, some of them do take offense to it and don't embrace that. They didn't like um, uh, the Sopranos. Really? Uh, I, I thought the Sopranos was, was great. I, I get the negative stereo. Oh, sure. Yeah. They even talk about that in the Sopranos quite often. It's amazing. Um, it is what it is. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's got a history and somewhat, um, you know, I mean, at one time we were the Romans, we were the greatest empire on earth. Yeah. You know? You're looking so at them. <laughs> we, we conquered everything at one time. Yep. So it is what it is. Um, you know, so I always go back to that, like the Roman empire, the greatest empire on earth. What are you talking about? Exactly. So, um, you take the good with the bad. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, we, we, we walk around with some real big pride. I you know, it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> no, that's awesome. No, I, I, I truly yeah, we're all wish, Sal. I was my, <laughs> wish I was my Italian. Wish I was Italian. We're all Sal and Vince. It's Sal, Sal, Vince, Sal, Vince, Sal, Vince. Tony. Or Paul, Polly. We get, we get all Vince's and Sal's and Tony's. And, yeah. Tony. Vince, Sal, Tony. Yeah. That's primarily 80% of the guys in my family are Vince, Sal, or Tony. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So uh, where can people follow you? Um, Twitter is definitely a great place. Uh, I do, you know, some tweets over there at Sal Sura, S-A-L-S-U-R-R-A. Uh, I used to be really big on Google plus I ran an SEO community there. I had a WordPress community there. How's that working out? <laughs> I haven't been posting over there. Right. So right. Don't follow me on Google plus cause I'm not going to be over there. I mean, I still check in once in a while over there, but, uh, that's actually where I have my biggest followers because I was one of the beta testers when plus came out. So, you know, I had a strong following and I used to post, I was one of the first to create groups. I was one of the first to create communities. I was one of the first, I really liked it. And I'm just disappointed that they couldn't keep it going in, in the right way. And, you know, it is what it is now, but um, so, yeah, I think my primary network is definitely, it's definitely Twitter where if you you know want to reach out and uh, you know I definitely tweet SEO stuff over there, but some fantasy football. Uh, yeah, I mostly just yell about the Browns, but <laughs> that's what <laughs> I, I get use some Star Wars stuff in there too. Because I like I, I do love my Star Wars. I go to the celebrations. I dress up. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty fanatical. Uh, the next celebration is going to be local here in Chicago for 2019. So I'm already getting my tickets and getting my costumes ready. And I'll be uh, hopefully getting out on stage again uh, for for the next celebration. Cool. I made it on the uh, I made it on the live broadcast for the 2015, dressed as C3PO on stage with Anthony Daniels. Who's Anthony Daniels? C3PO. Oh, he's C3PO. Wow. The real, the real, the, the real actor, one. The real okay. Actor that play. I was on stage dressed as C3PO, getting to meet. My, I'm sure I just drew the ire of all of the Star Wars nerds. Yeah, coming, coming but I got to meet my, my hero right there. And, and Man. he saw me in the crowd. I was actually sitting in the crowd dressed to see 3 po and he was doing a panel. And he stopped like mid-sentence on stage and was like, wait, you over there. Come on up here. Get up here. <laughs> and I'm like, do, 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 do. I'm dressed to see 3 po and I'm walking up there. I'm on the live broadcast and uh, wow, yeah, it was a highlight. I, I was I was pretty stoked. <laughs> man, I've never got to do such cool stuff, man. I wouldn't know what to do. I push it. I try to push it sometimes. I've uh, man, yeah. I've uh, I've flown a plane. I've flown a Cessna. Um, I've yep. done some barrel rolls in a Cessna. You know, I try to push it a few times. 
you know, I, I'm, I'm looking to maybe sky jump, you know, do a, do a, um, some sort of jump. It's a bucket list thing. You know, my brother, thank, uh, I appreciate his service. Uh, he was in the military for 10 years. Uh, he used to jump out of uh, helicopters. He was a pararescuer. So he would be the one, he jumped out of airplanes and helicopters and he would save people. He got a few medals for saving lives. Wow. Uh, I, I made sure I called him yesterday and, and thanked him for his service. And uh, yeah. yeah. Very hey, important dude. stuff. Yeah. Um, I want to do it too, though. I'm going yeah. out of plane. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate your time. Awesome Thank conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for staying on, staying on so long and uh, no sharing everything and being candid. I think that that's kind of, that's why I'm doing this to have candid conversations and to get into, um, I want to share tips, right? But I also know I'm, I'm not the smartest person in the room and I, I don't plan to be and I never will be. And I just want to talk to as many smart people from as many different backgrounds as possible. So Appreciate uh, you're, you're you're on the right track, and and I think you've got a great head on your shoulders too. So don't don't uh, don't knock yourself down. I think you're you're doing some wonderful things too. So I, I I'm glad you're doing this, and I think it's a great help for the community as well. So thank you. Cool man, thank you. Thank you for watching the Page 2 Podcast. If you like this podcast, you can support this show by tapping the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm forward slash page 2 podcast to become a monthly supporter. That's anchor.fm forward slash page, the number 2, podcast. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and more. Follow me on Twitter at Jacob Stoops. Thanks again, everybody, and see you next episode.